0: Hi, I'm Dr. Fred Silva of Arcana Laboratories coming to you from Little Rock, Arkansas with another installment of Throwback Thursday. A personal history of thin glomerular basement membrane disease or pattern. My first encounter of what is now termed thin glomerular basement membrane disease was an article by Rogers et al. called Benign Essential Hematuria. The acknowledgments at the end of the article indicated that both doctors Conrad Perani and Ben Spargo had seen the biopsy and were in agreement with the changes. That article indicated that one of the patients with benign essential hematuria had a grandfather, age 88 or so, that had had hematuria for quite some time without renal failure. Dr. Perani asked me, actually told me, I'd be presenting for him at the IAP-USCAP Evening Renal Specialty Conference held annually at the IAP-USCAP. My case presentation was Thin Glomerular Basement Membrane Disease. I studied the literature, measured the GBMs, as I recall, and was ready to present. After my presentation, Dr. Tatania Antonovich of the Armed Forces Institute of Pathology stood up in front of me and indicated that what I had presented was a case of Alport hereditary nephropathy. Before I could say anything my mentor seeing that I was somewhat over my head stood up and the two doctors continued right in front of me to debate whether the thin GBM was an entity into itself or part and parcel of Alport hereditary nephropathy. I stayed back contributing by twiddling my thumbs or something like that. Their conversation became somewhat heated until the moderator finally intervened and had them sit down. It was somewhat uncomfortable. For the next several years, getting a case of benign essential hematuria, that is, presentation without obvious outport or IGA nephropathy or occasionally thin GBMs or any significant glomerular or renal change, I would sign out the case as something like, no pathologic change by light microscopy. I had learned not to sign it out as normal renal tissue. Since Dr. Prani had told me about a case he had signed out as normal renal tissue, but the patient had developed an arterial-venous malformation shunt after the biopsy in which radiologic intervention did not help and the kidney had to be removed. The patient was not happy. During the years, I had placed a comment after what was called benign essential hematuria, whether no changes morphologically or just thin GBMs, indicating that there was no activity, no treatment necessary, and the patient should have a good prognosis. Later, I was somewhat more reserved about indicating that the patient should have a good prognosis, since we really don't know that for sure. These patients are not tethered to their nephrologist, as say a patient with crescentic glomerulonephritis on dialysis is, and with people moving on average every four years and not knowing or recording what they had, we lose most of these patients, I think, to follow up. With the article in JAMA a few years ago indicating that patients develop CKD at about 11%, it made me reticent to indicate what the prognosis is. Plus, of course, it is clear that some patients who eventually develop overt Alport hereditary nephropathy have, on their first biopsy, thin GBM changes with documented disorders of collagen type 4 in some of these patients. Thus, the continuing worry about thin GBM disease. Maybe both doctors Pirani and Antonovich were both correct this continues to be a challenge. Thank you for listening. This podcast and more can be found in the iTunes and Google Play stores. For more information and educational programming like this, follow us on Facebook and Twitter, or visit us on the web at arcanolabs.com.